You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Sorry, I had a little lag there, man. How y'all boys feeling this beautiful Monday morning? It's a little DJ lagway on a, on a beautiful Monday morning. I like that. Nice like point, that. Man. like that. No, uh, things are good, man. Had a uh, had a weekend. I told you guys a little bit about a pre-show. Wow. My parents listen, so can't spend too much time talking about <laughs> that. Had, had myself a, a great evening Friday. Uh, went up to, uh, we have these, these things. I don't know if you guys have them down in South Florida. They're not probably in Gainesville. Uh, they're called a lagoon. I had a friend of mine had a, uh, had a birthday party and she has kids and all that. So went up to this place called a lagoon and it is a massive pool. It is probably yeah. 10 times the size of like a, like an aquatic center type of pool. You go and you sit and you drink at a, at a bar, a pool bar, all that kind of fun stuff. So up in Wesley chapel, don't make it up there that often. Uh, but if you're in the Tampa area, you know, looking for something different to do. It was a, a fun little activity. So, uh, real quick, you had a bender at a children's birthday party <laughs> located at a lagoon. No, 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 no. I did something different Friday night. I went to okay. an EDM show, uh, okay. Dom Dalla. Um, wasn't too impressive. Seen him before uh, at Sunset Music Festival and then at EDC last year. Uh, really uh, brought down the house at both of those venues. Uh, here in Tampa on a random Friday, mailed mm -hmm. it in. Mailed did he bring down the house? No, he did not bring down the house. It was fine. Um, and and I think if uh, you went, you saw this the first time, you might be like, "Hey, this was pretty good." Uh, but for a guy that's probably one of the top ten DJs in the world, did not act like a top ten DJ uh, yeah. in the world on on Friday night. What do you do at the DJ shows, man? Do they they bring out people or like... <laughs> no, no, no? They 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 press play. They have a USB. They plug that in. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, yeah, just like what Nick did, you you just kind of put your hands up, you vibe a little bit. Uh, they mix some songs, you know, in and have some beat drops, and um, yeah, no, we we got to take you to one. Just sliding, just sliding things, and pushing one. buttons. I think I seen Stevie J a few times. I seen a couple of those guys out in Vegas. I just mm -hmm. I left and I was like, I thought I thought such and such was performing. And yeah. I didn't really see anything. So no, 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 no. It's just usually one guy. Dom Dom Dalla um, was just him up on stage, and um, mm. that's that's what what they're doing. Um, you know, they have a lot of features. They have a lot of artists and stuff like that. If you go to a bigger festival like Ultra or EDC or something like that, though, sometimes they'll bring out like the singer that sang the song to sing along, but but not here in Tampa. No, mm. this is just a a mail in show that he probably got. <laughs> I don't know fifty seventy five thousand dollars and then kept it moving. Sometimes you gotta have you know okay days at the office, man. You have yeah, okay yeah. days. You don't, you mail it in some days. Yeah, I do, I do. Yeah. Right, and I'm actually on the clock right now. Uh, <laughs> so we're mailing it in for the next hour or so. Uh, Nick, how was your weekend? So how was yours? I'll get through mine quickly because uh, mine's the same week every week. Uh, spent my week at the ballpark Saturday. Um, did a bunch of wedding stuff. We uh, we got the honeymoon locked in. Got a couple of Michelin star restaurants, one in uh, Dubrovnik, Croatia, locked in, one in mm. Rome, locked in. Um, so we're eating good, but it was nice to take uh, honeymoon planning off the list. Uh, so other than that, 
spinning at the park watching uh, the Missouri Tigers. Not I will say just just a quick one of my favorite things about Croatia. I've heard a great things about it, but B, if you look at a map of Croatia, they completely severed off all of the coast from Bosnia, so they have the entire coastline down. It's a, f- a fantastic moment in history when you look at uh, Croatia's uh, map. Sounds like a war story there, Dan. It could be. I, my, my Croatia war history is is limited. <laughs> it's a little, a little dusty. Um a little dusty. never been to Croatia. Um had like a had a really dumb moment. Um looking at pictures and I look at my fiance and I'm like, this looks a lot like Game of Thrones. And she looks at me and she's like, Yeah, idiot. That's where they filmed it. And I'm oh, like, wow. ah. Okay, cool. Very good. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Silk, how was your weekend? Glad you're okay with the tornado that uh, came through uh, Palm Beach there. Yeah, I saw the tornado, man. It was good vibes down here. Uh, the, the weather's been a little... <laughs> Bro, that's wild. Like, outside of the natural disaster, dope weekend. Right. Good weekend, bro. I went up to uh, Orlando, got to see Drewski. Uh, if you're not familiar with Drewski, he's a social media comedian uh, going taking his act on the road now. Uh, but I enjoyed that show in Orlando. Very funny uh, from the stand-up to the skits. Uh, surprisingly funny. I didn't expect it to be that good, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm a comedy enthusiast. I was going to hold him to a high re- uh, to a high standard. But he delivered, man. He got some people writing his jokes for sure. He's getting better at this thing. So enjoy the Drewski show. Uh, ran into some gators out there who's out there enjoying the show. Uh, seen Miguel Mitchell, uh, Chris McClellan, uh, Leonard Ritchie. Uh, princely Uman Nealon just ran into some guys, man. That uh, I'm excited about the defense, just hearing those guys talk shit with some UFC football guys that, that was also around and hanging out. Uh, excited about the defense, excited about that show that, that I uh, saw this weekend. But overall, good weekend, man. Good, good deal. That, um, Drewski's funny, um, but like, stand up, stand up is a whole different yeah. thing, right? Uh, so that's interesting to hear you, you talk about that. Um, but he's funny, yeah. like, especially his banter, you know, there's, right, there's, right, there's right. some mm-hmm. things like, um, I, you know, like I wouldn't get in the ring with a, with a professional boxer. And then you, you go to like a comedy yeah. show and you get somebody drunk in the third row, like yelling at you. And I'm like, Hey man, you are drunkenly getting in the ring with a boxer. Like that person sure. on stage is there for a reason. You're not picking your fights. Well, yeah. Train Absolutely. professional up there, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a completely different world. I actually asked the group chat a few uh, few months ago. I forgot um, who said not to, but Drewski came to Tampa. I was about to come to Tampa. I said, hey, should I get tickets? I said, no, stand-up's very different. So glad that it worked out uh, well. <laughs> if you do, was some, I don't know if it was Chris, I don't know, was somebody in the group chat that said, no, nah, I wouldn't do that. Um, but if you do like back and forth comedy with like the crowd, there's a, a comedian that I found on Instagram. I guess he has a couple specials now. Matt Reif, he's really good. Uh, at that kind Very of stuff. Um, and then uh, I got to I'm going to see Nate Bargatze again here in a few months. So excited about, uh, about seeing him. Um, so yeah, well, let's get, uh, let's get on to the show, boys. So glad you had a, a good time. Uh, I guess David Haas and him are, are doing. Yeah. Shout out to David Haas, man. See, yeah, they're going to be, uh, I'll let David Haas introduce his, his company, but they, they're, they're starting a sports agency, NFL business, him, Drewski for life, for sports, something like that. Uh, and he'll roll it out on his own terms. But I was around them this weekend. Got to see a lot of the things they got going as well. Uh, very dope stuff, man. Shout out to David Haas, who's been on the show before. Talk yes, to yeah, we, with us. we had a great time. He was flexing on us right after the Super Bowl. 
Um, he, pulled, he pulled a Dan Thompson night was on, uh, was on the show three or four after hours after he uh, woke or after he went to bed. But, uh, but let's get on to the show before we do that. And we shout out our sponsors, make sure you hit that like button, hit the subscribe button on YouTube really helps us helps the algorithms helps us get to the front of the page. Uh, bet as always, we do want to thank our title sponsor of Stadium and Gale, Alan Horn of, of State Farm. Um, Alan is based in Valdosta, Georgia, uh, but he services Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and Alabama for all of your insurance needs. 706-692-2888 or allenhorninsurance.com. Again, State Farm Insurance, 706 692 2888 or allenhorninsurance.com. Gentlemen, we had the NFL draft this past weekend, and no surprise, Anthony Richardson goes top five overall. But before we get into the NFL draft, uh, any surprises, anything that you guys were shocked about just holistically from the NFL draft? Yeah, uh, surprised. Oh, sorry, go ahead. So, no, no, you got it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Surprised that um, that uh, I guess the, that people legitimately thought Anthony Richardson wouldn't be a first round draft pick. Um, that even as the process went on, um, and, he, and he goes to four. I don't think he would have slid past Seattle at five. To be honest, from people that I'd spoken with about how that pre draft process has gone had gone, um, and then I was surprised that. Brenton Cox didn't sign anywhere until Monday or late Mm -hmm. Sunday or Monday. The news came out Monday morning. Um, But I thought even with the baggage that he has, the NFL is a league where you want a franchise quarterback, someone to protect that franchise quarterback, and then somebody to go and hit the other guy's franchise quarterback. I think Brenton Cox can do that. Yeah. Um, So surprised that I thought he, I thought he'd get drafted to be honest with you somewhere late. I was, was going to be iffy. Yeah, I, I thought with with some of the the concerns of getting kicked off the team, probably relatively low production. Um, and I almost wonder if he just waited to see all of his options on. And we'll talk a little bit more about this. All of his options, you know, from Saturday and Sunday, and then make that choice because you know, as an undrafted free agent, you almost have a better opportunity. You give yourself a better opportunity than you do getting drafted, probably sixth or seventh round, because those guys are dispensable as well. Give your chance the, the best, or give yourself the best opportunity to look at the uh, the depth chart of who's looking at you. But he uh, he's going to reunite with uh, with Teradell Slayton. Uh, a couple people in the chat mentioning that uh, Will Levis uh, going in the second round was a bit of a surprise. Um, I'm not surprised. I think you know from from a scouting perspective, uh, there was a big difference between that and the mock draft folks. I think a lot of the people that were, if you listen to a lot of the folks that, that do scouting for a living and not just mock drafts. They weren't as high uh, on him as as Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. Um, you know, I think he landed in a in a decent spot. I thought that uh, was Jim Ursay, the co- the uh, the owner of the Colts, sent oh. out a, a ridiculous tweet on Friday <laughs> saying, "What would what would Colts Nation do if we drafted Will Levis uh, in the second round?" But uh, other than that, um, you know, I think that he's he got a good landing spot. But uh, not surprised to see him not go top ten though. I saw him play football. Yeah, I saw him put mayonnaise and coffee. So yeah, <laughs> uh, hey, decision making. Yeah, right. yeah, bro. Uh, overall, a good draft for for the Gators, man. Yeah. Can't can't complain. Uh, I expected. Uh, shout out to Anthony Richardson for going 
top five. We, yep. we predicted top ten the entire season. Never got off of that take as a as a record label staff and a crew. So shout out to us as well for being right. You know, what I'm saying despite the up, up and downs of the season. But uh, I, I expect Osiris Torrance to go first round. They didn't take any guards uh, in the first round. So uh, Gervon Dexter became our second guy taken to the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my pecking order, I had Osiris going first round and then Gervon maybe second or third. Gervon yeah. went higher than I thought into the second round. Uh, so overall, good spot for him. Amari Bernie gets drafted with no combine mm-hmm. invite. I thought that was great for him. Uh, Ventra Miller goes in the fourth round to my Jags with no – he was injured, so he couldn't participate in the combine or pro mm-hmm. day. Great spot for him. Yeah. He came back and made a lot of money uh, returning to the University of Florida. Uh, overall, just a very good day, man. Justin Shorter, the Bills got very active yeah. with Gators. Uh, they bring in uh, Justin Shorter and also Cyrus Torrance, but also grabbed uh, – and the free agents, uh, they grab who did they grab free agent wise. So they grabbed uh, Richard Garage. Richard let's, Garage. Let's, let's run through the the list real quick. Uh, Silk, you did a Go really ahead. good job. If you did that off memory, that's fantastic. Uh, round one, number four overall pick, Anthony Richardson. He's the uh, the third quarterback taken uh, overall. Gervon Dexter, round two, pick fifty three to the Chicago Bears. Um, not long after uh, Osiris Torrance round two pick 59 to the Buffalo Bills. Great spot for him. Was a little bit surprised to see him fall. Uh, did think, you know, and the odds makers had him at minus 175 to get drafted uh, in the first round. I thought he'd be the first guard taken. I think it was a, a, the third guard taken, but uh, still a great landing spot for him uh, in Buffalo. Real, Go ahead. Real, real quick on Torrance, just speaking to some agents over the weekend. Uh Everybody loved his film and what he brought to the table. He's pretty much no penalties, no sacks. He, his entire career, he's been uh, pretty good and, and productive. But his body composition is what mm-hmm. uh, threw some some staffs off and some GMs off. Just when you, uh, of course, you see the weight on paper, it all makes sense. But when you look at his body composition in person, it's a little bit of a turnoff uh, for mm-hmm. some GMs. So he might have slid. And also, they just didn't value guards as high as, 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 high as I thought they should have this year. Yep. And it's then, it's not a sexy position. Um, like trying to sell drafting an offensive guard at fourteen, like you're gonna piss off a fan base. But that's mm-hmm. a position. Like Osiris Torrance will sit at left or right guard for the Buffalo Bills for like fourteen years. Yeah, and they'll be thrilled with him. The fan base will be thrilled with him for the next decade. But they right. would have been like pissed if if the Bills had used like the twenty first overall pick with it. It's just a weird spot. It's not a sexy spot. It's hard to sell. Um, but guys like Osiris Torrance and, and I had a an NFL scout tell me he's got the worst body I've ever seen. And then you throw on the tape and he just moves men. He just moves people. And I'm like, I, I agree with you. Is it just um, like not fit? You mean, or just yeah? He's, he's, he's lost he, a lot of weight too. So he's like, lost a bunch of weight, which is good. Okay. But <laughs> when you lose weight, you start getting some like loose skin and stuff. Um, it, it's. It, I remember when I saw him in spring, and I was like, "What the hell is Billy doing? Bringing these guys from from UL?" I'm like, "This guy looks terrible." And then you start watching him, and then I'm like, "Okay." Well, if he's terrible, then they, the defensive line's terrible because he—they're not getting anywhere close to the quarterback when when they're going up against him. And then you watch him during the season, you're like, I don't care what he looks like. Like the dude just plays football. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see him. And like you said, Nick, I think that he'll be in the uh, in the the Bills organization, or at least in the NFL for for a long time coming. Uh, great in pass protection, great at holding blocks, and um, you know. 
just a, a great run blocker as well. So I'm excited to see him and he goes to a, a great team and a great offense. And um, they're going to come in second in the AFC East to the, uh, to the Dolphins <laughs> this year. Um, round four, pick 121, Ventro Miller. Uh, you know, great year for, for him. Uh, first linebacker selected since 2019 for the Florida Gators. Uh, heads uh, like Silk said over to, to Jacksonville uh, with, um, uh, with the Jaguars pick around uh, five pick 150 Justin Shorter goes to the Buffalo Bills as well uh, an opportunity to join Josh Allen a pretty explosive offense there opportunity to uh, to work into that roster obviously the Bills have some some decent pass catchers already uh, but give him the opportunity to um, to to showcase what his skill set is and that's those those longer routes and he goes to a quarterback that can hit those long routes so uh excited to see uh him in uh the uh, the red and blue as well uh round six six silk you mentioned uh mari bernie goes pick 203 to the las vegas raiders um first player drafted by the raiders since tommy townsend uh first player ever drafted by the las vegas uh, Raiders. So again, did not have a combine invite. You got to give a shout out to, um, to Jay Bateman uh, and what they were able to do and, and turn Amari Bernie in from a liability, frankly, into a, a guy that really had a great senior year and was able to, to get drafted without a combine invite. Very hard to do, uh, but congratulations to him. Those are the six players that are drafted. Uh, Silk, you mentioned that Richard Garage also got picked up uh, by the Buffalo Bills as an undrafted free agent. Trey Dean goes to the New York Jets. Rashad Torrance goes to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, and then, Nick, you mentioned Bretton Cox gets picked up uh, by the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and um, uh, I, th- I don't know if I've told this story, but uh, Jay Bateman kind of won me over. We were like, I think we were waiting for um, – a, an interview somewhere we're, we're in the heavener complex the football facility <clears throat> and um bateman and it was before the season even um and the the raiders were one of the teams um bateman was just going to bat for both ventro miller and amari bernie um and at this point he'd only been around them for for a couple months but um and a lot of people when i've told this story are like that's what a coach should do and i'm like yeah it just, it just impressed me just giving you my opinion um, Bateman had only known Amari Bernie and, and Ventro for a little while, but was was going to to bat pounding the table for uh, for these two linebackers. And the Raiders were one of the teams um, or one of the scouts that uh, that he was talking to. So I, <clears throat> I know some people have questions, concerns, comments uh, about Bateman and his recruiting ability, but I think he's great X's and O's. I think we you saw the best versions of Amari Bernie and Ventro Miller. Um, under his leadership mm-hmm. as a coach, um, and then to watch how how he went to bat for guys who he didn't recruit, that didn't commit to him, that he'd only been around for a little while. Um, Jay Bateman's good in my book. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's do a little uh, trivia question. Um, what are? It's the same year. Well, what two teams in the NFL most? In the past, draft the Gators. Now, which team? Which is the fur the two furthest? What I'm trying to think of the way to put this. What two teams in the NFL have not drafted Gators in the longest time? I'll give you a hint. Both teams were in 2007. Yeah, that hint did nothing for me. Yeah, I know. 2007. If I give you names, I, I think that they'll. they'll uh, help you, but. See if you guys can get it off. The, not Jacksonville. 
It's not Buffalo. Well, Indian. obviously, because they both just drafted. Indianapolis? Nope. Indianapolis drafted a Florida Gators quarterback at number four <laughs> overall. Quarterback. I, thought, I, thought it was, I thought it was before this year. Before no, no, this no, year. including this year. Oh, okay. Hmm. Draft? Uh, can't be them. Seattle? Okay. Nope, the Seattle Seahawks drafted Stone Forsyth in 2021. Hmm. All right, this is not great radio, Dan. No, it is great radio. Think a little bit. Uh, shit, I'm trying to think of all the damn teams, bro. Uh, is Arizona got, one of them? Chicago Marco uh, drafted was Gervon Dexter. I'm sorry, who'd you say, Sil? He said Arizona. Arizona. They drafted Marco Wilson. Yeah, they drafted Marco drafted Wilson Marco. in 2021. Uh, the chat has one of the answers, correct? Uh, linebacker Brandon Seiler in 2007. Do you guys know who drafted him? Chargers. The Chargers. Chargers. Los Angeles yeah. Chargers. And then the other team in 2007 drafted cornerback Ryan Smith, the Tennessee Titans. Um, other teams that haven't drafted in a while, uh, the Steelers last drafted a Gator in 2012, Chris Rainey. Our Miami Dolphins haven't drafted a, a Gator since 2013, where they grabbed three of them, Jelani Jenkins, Mike Gillisley, and Caleb Sturgis. And mm. uh, Kansas City was 2016. Uh, and then the Baltimore Ravens, 2013. Matt what was Cleveland? The Browns were like um, – the, the Cleveland Browns 08? drafted 2018 Antonio Callaway. Oh. What's up, AD? All day Callaway. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, a little a little NFL draft trivia for you guys of the undrafted free agents: Richard Garrard with the Bills, uh, Trey Dean with the Jets, Rashad Torrance with the Rams, or Brenton Cox with the Packers. Who do you think has the best chance to earn a spot? Brenton Cox. Um, more of a premium position. Um, I said this before: Rashad Torrance. Um, made a bad business decision. Mm-hmm. He didn't need to play college football at Florida this year, but he needed to play college football another year. Um, I'll go with Trey Dean. Um, just everyone, every scout I've talked to, I was surprised he wasn't drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, every scout that I talked to, they like him a lot. I think Trey Dean <clears throat> might need to be humbled a little bit because he, he's going to need to make a roster by playing special teams, by right. playing all the special teams, something that when you're a red shirt, junior and senior you're not being asked to um so it's something he hasn't probably done since maybe his sophomore year um so he's gonna have to make a roster through special teams i got garage at second i think garage stands a chance i don't i don't know the nfl carries offensive linemen a little bit differently than obviously college obviously there's less spots but you have a, a lot of utility players i think that garage could probably play both tackle and guard i don't i don't dislike that take silk i'd, I'd have to look at the bills offensive line right now uh, but if i remember correctly watching them lose to my dolphins the last few years uh, but still watch those games where they've been successful they've had really great pass protection so i, I think it depends on on what Salary cap certainly looks like. I think Garage has a spot in the NFL. Um, I do like your take uh, on trading and playing special teams, Nick. I, I do think that he makes a roster, uh, but I think I'm going to go with Brenton Cox. I know that the the Packers are uh, rehabbing their roster this season. I know that pass rushers are where they do need some help, and I think that Brenton Cox can be you know the guy that goes and and does attack the quarterback. Uh, he's got to be a multi tool player in the NFL because there's guys that are 
bigger, faster, and stronger than him uh, on those offensive lines. But uh, I think if Brenton Cox can can get his mind right, you know, there, he he has a lot of talent. It's just a matter of putting it all together. Um, but I think all of them. I, I would I struggle to see Torrance uh, in the NFL, but I would not be surprised if if three of those four are not on a practice squad or on a roster somewhere this upcoming year. Yeah, I think with her garage is him being injured and not being able to work out. I thought, I thought if he worked out, he's more of an athletic offensive lineman that would have shined in, in workouts, but he was battling some injury stuff. Um, I think I think he makes a roster fairly, fairly easy. Um, watching just former linemen in the past, uh, Fred – uh, went went on and to 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 the Steelers, I think that picked him up. But he's had a pretty good career. He's been in a couple Super Bowls, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Fred Johnson. Uh, yep, Fred Johnson. Yeah, former Royal Royal Palm Beach Wildcat, my alumni man. Shout out to Fred. Uh, but yeah. I think I think Richie's going to make some money and be around the league for a while as an offensive lineman. To be honest with you, we'll see how it all pans out. It does depend on their depth chart. Uh, but it's, that's the thing about free agency. You get to kind of uh, just sit back in the bushes and once you that pick. In the fifth round, in my opinion, you, you kind of want to go un, undrafted free agent and choose your spot mm-hmm. because you're not yeah. getting a big bonus. You're not getting it's not a lot invested in you to keep you around during camp. They'll cut you just like an undrafted free agent, but undrafted free agents get, get to choose their spot. So we'll yeah. see, man. I think Rich is going to be all right. I remember yeah. saying that about um, Tyree Cleveland because Tyree Cleveland was drafted by the Broncos, but in the mm-hmm. same year they drafted like Judy fifth overall or fourth yeah. overall, whatever that was, and then a receiver in the second round. And when Cle- when Ty when when Cleve got drafted in the seventh, I was like, oh, he's screwed, mm. he's screwed. They just invested tens of millions of dollars into players in his position. But shout out to him, and kind of on the same note, I was talking about trading. Tyree was like, all right, bet I will be on all four special teams. I will make myself valuable. If if you're a late round pick or an undrafted free agent, you have to fill multiple roster spots. Mm-hmm. You're not just a left guard. Like Richard Garage needs to be on the punt team, on field goal, on on punt block he needs to be on every available special teams you have to make yourself you have to make the gm say hey this guy fills four different roster spots for us so he's valuable right and that's where brenton cox should get an opportunity as well on special teams being able to, to kind of bull rush and everything else uh we'll see uh but um let's get into the 2024 uh draft uh as well let's talk about a couple names there and who you guys think might uh might go um first overall not first overall who do you what gators do you think will be drafted and kind of where do you think um i've got some names here uh jason marshall ricky pearsall uh princey uman milan uh montrell johnson austin barber uh damian george potentially cam jackson uh jaden hill uh what are those guys um Micah Mazuka is obviously a name to um, Tyreek Sapp if he has a big year. Um, who do you guys think are, are some folks that could get drafted? And do you think the Gators have any first-round draft picks on uh, on the roster? First round is going to be tough to come by. Look at, just looking at the roster right now, mm-hmm. uh, it, there's some guys that could possibly play their way into the first round. Uh, but don't, don't foresee that. I think Jason Marshall is going to have a big year. Looking forward mm-hmm. to his season. I'll definitely go. I think I got him right now, like second, third round pick, you know, uh, just foreseeing what he made uh, his development. I think he's going to have a huge year, but uh, a lot of Gators going to get drafted next year, but I don't know if we have any solidified first rounders right now on the top of my head, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, 
I think first round might be tough. Um, I'm interested to see with with Corey Raymond. Uh, I don't think his input was was taken as much as he wanted uh, last year in terms of the coverages that that Florida was playing. Um, does it, and we even said on this show, like, hey, did we just put too much expectation on Jason Marshall? Maybe he's not him. Um, and, and I think if you start seeing, I think he's a press man corner. And if Florida starts playing him more to his skill set instead of trying to Hey, this is the defense, and you need to play this. Um, you know, trying to put him in best the best situations, which I don't think he was last year. Maybe he plays himself into that. Um, I don't know that like a, a guy like Prince Lee Umilin would sneak into the first round. He'd have to have a monster year, like 13, 14 sacks. Um, but as I said before, he plays a premium position as a pass rusher in the NFL. So guys at his position with proven stats. Uh, and measurables get drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. He definitely looks the part, bro. Like and, and being being around him this past weekend, bro. Like he's a huge kid. You know, it's solidified size. He got NFL pass rusher size. Uh, he I think he had five sacks last year, ten tackles for a loss. Uh, so there's a lot of upside to what he could possibly be. If they moved him around a little bit. He should get more uh, reps this year. Uh, if anybody, I think. The two that have a shot at going first round will be Jason Marshall and uh, Uma Nealon. And we'll see what Cam mm-hmm. Jackson could do at defensive tackle. He's getting a lot of uh, a lot of hype as well. Yeah, I think the only other person it was mentioned in the chat too is if Austin Barber has a really good year. He, you know, freshman All American uh, last year. Premium position. Freshman All AC or SEC, pardon me. Uh, premium position. You know, really depends on the growth from this or from last year to this year. Uh, but I, I think I agree with you guys. I think it'd be tough uh, unless Jason Marshall really improves from last year to this year uh, to go uh, in the first round. Yeah, Montrell Johnson, I think, could go to the NFL next year. I think that he's probably a, a third or fourth round guy. Um, you know, Micah Mazuka, you know, even if he has a great year, probably falls in the same situation that we were talking about before, where guards don't go uh, very high uh, in the draft. Where do you guys think that Ricky Pearsall might go? Um, I, I think Ricky Pearsall is a <clears throat> third, third or later. Mm-hmm. Third would probably be a ceiling. Um, I, I love him as a player. Um, and, and when we were talking on, on this on this show about well, should he leave or should he go, I thought I don't know what else he proves by coming back to school. Um, now you might make more money with Florida Victorious and through NIL right. than you would have as a sixth round pick in twenty twenty three. Sure. Um, and, and you get some more tape. I just don't – I think Ricky Pearsall is is what he is. He's a really good player, but he's a six-foot slot receiver in the NFL. We'll find six-foot slot receivers everywhere. Yeah. yeah he's going to be a money guy. Uh, I think, like, he won't get drafted real high, but once he gets into the league, yeah. God forbid, any injuries, anything like that, uh, what he could do at the slot position is, I, I think, like, his route running and the way he moves is a lot like Wes Welker, a lot of guys that play out of the slot. He's gonna make a lot of money once he get there. Comp. Interesting comp there. So yeah, they're, yeah, easy comp. I would Julie, say. Julian Edelman, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good yeah. one as well. Yeah. Um, okay. I was gonna go Chris Doran, but Chris Doran went outside a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I'm seeing, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a trend here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, see a, I see a trend here. Um, Coach's son. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lunch, Jim Rats. Blue kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Blue uh, collar. Last out kind of guy. Um, Pro Football Focus, their college uh, version, has uh, Jason Marshall ranked as the eighth best quarterback prospect in the class of 24. As that uh, first round. Walter Football has Ricky Pearsall as the 12th best wide receiver prospect in 2024. Round. And I think – yeah, that's really it uh, in terms of where they're ranked in the top 15 of those uh, of Florida players. Austin Barber was ranked as the 12th best players uh, amongst those that weren't eligible for the draft this year uh, from last year. So that's uh, pretty solid uh, for him. I, I think that he has a, an opportunity to really rise up some ranks this year. Uh, but unless Florida gets into the transfer port, and we're going to talk about that here in a second, um, I think we might, uh, I think we might go over next year in the first round, but certainly a number of players that are eligible for the draft. And we won't be, uh, wait until probably the fifth, sixth, seventh round, like FSU and Miami had to this year. Uh, let's where get is, in where is, real quick. Where's Jordan Travis go next year? Uh, CDL school. I, um, it's my understanding from somebody that would know that Jordan Travis had a fifth round grade this year. Uh, I think that he's elusive. I think that he has a, a decent arm. Um, I know a lot of people are expecting him in the first round next year. I just, I don't see it. He'll be 24 years old. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just, no, don't he's not, it. he's not a first round talent. Uh, there's no knock on him. There's been some great college quarterbacks and I'm not saying he's a great college quarterback either, but we've seen, some good leaders, some guys that put up some good numbers, like Chris Leak went undrafted. Uh, and I don't think Chris Leak was a bad college quarterback at all. I was a little heartbroken when he didn't get drafted, to be honest with you. But I, I see Jordan Travis as a journeyman guy. He may get that fifth, same grade next year. Um, but just like Ricky Pearsall, he got to solidify some uh, some NIL bucks, and that's good for him. But I don't foresee him going early first round. Next year's NFL draft quarterback class is, is pretty stout, especially in the oh, first yeah. round. He's not a guy that's going to go first round. We'll see how his season plays out, especially starting week one with a, a, a tuned-up LSU, not a fresh LSU with Brian Kelly. A yeah, lot a um, lot's going to be determined at week one with Florida yeah. State, man. Um, and Harrison, if you put that up up there, Dan, the Harrison. Um, I said that thing about Ricky, and, and yes, that con NFL contracts mm -hmm. are a facade. Uh, if you're a six-round pick, sure, you might sign a contract like that, um, you're also competing for your job uh, and none of that money is guaranteed. So you might sign a nice contract that's worth <laughs> a million or a couple million. Um, and then you might not make it out of training camp and you, and then you're making nothing. Um, so it's pretty much same as uh, life wallet bucks. Sort of. Yes. Oh, yeah. damn. We didn't get the update. Uh, you are wearing, <laughs> which looks like a, not a designer. That's Fru not Lulu. Yeah. For is that is that Vendor a Gildan? Is that a Gildan uh, hoodie that you're wearing? <laughs> Gilman's nuts, man. <laughs> a Gildan hoodie. Uh, no, you got to lotion your back before you put Gildan on. Lotion your back. Let's see. Uh, yeah, love yourself. Love yourself. We, <laughs> love we you. had a we had a tough on, week uh, last week. Our shareholders did. <laughs> um, we reached an all-time low at 58 cents on Thursday. Oh, damn. Uh, it's back up a little bit. Um, but sitting at 63 cents is still not great. Mm. Uh, but since we recorded last week, 
Have you gotten your quarter two or quarter three earnings reports yet? I have not gotten my year-end reports. Um, And then we were also issued a notice, uh, like we talked about on the show about a week and a half ago, that Q2 and Q3 of last year had material (laughs) issues with them, so they should not be trusted or looked at. So uh, as a shareholder, uh, it has been a a very tumultuous uh, few uh, (laughs) months and really, you know, a tough year. Um, we all knew this going in, uh, right. but I chose to invest my hard-earned money into this organization uh, with all of those red flags that I brought to everybody's attention last May. Uh, but again, <laughs> we're sitting hard. at sixty-three cents right now, and we are in, in on the process of delisting right now. It's it's hard. It's hard to. Uh, I'm guessing, Dan, since I'm not a shareholder, uh, right? Hard to believe in a company so much that you know the money. That you 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 callous your hands for Dan? Correct. Uh, right. Working working so hard. Uh, um, yeah. That you you believe so much that that you want to put some of those hard earned American dollars into yeah. a company to, to see them treat your share their shareholders. Like yep. So, it, it's right. it's been it's been difficult to watch the CEO of the organization uh, that I did invest money in bicker with uh, random <laughs> fans online uh, daily. Um, mm. I almost wonder if there's just uh, a lack of focus. So we talk a lot about that. It's just not focused. You got to right? focus, man. Can't um, fake focus, man. Can't fake focus. Uh, trolling doesn't get you too far when you're uh, – when the stock's in at 63 uh, cents per share. Um, Dan's out here focusing on ramen noodles for dinner with his investment. <laughs> and lotion for his gilded sweater. My, um, <laughs> my, my, like I said the other day, my retirement has delayed, been delayed by milliseconds based on this uh, transaction. I hope that we can turn it around, but uh, I'm not feeling too optimistic over here. Sorry Brooke, to laugh at your Brooke, demise. Brooke, man. Be, Brooke, bring the bacon home because Dan's out here. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to. Yeah. That's right. We <laughs> might have to pick up a second job here. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Brooke for being the breadwinner. Shout out to yeah. Shout out to her for being the breadwinner <laughs> and, and not uh, not trying to uh, to gamble her retirement savings on uh, yeah. on some trolls just to get yeah. some laughs and giggles. Um, as a shareholder, but as a shareholder, I also have to announce that I did. I put some, not all. Uh, you guys can read into that as you will out on loan. So I can try to recoup some of my oh. initial investments. So uh, a penny at a time, uh, we're going to claw our way back um, into to hopefully some decent retirement standing uh, one, when I get one, there. One copper penny at a time. One copper penny at a time. Uh, speaking of copper pennies, why don't you consider giving your copper pennies to the Gatorverse? Go visit the Gatorverse dot io and help support florida gator student athletes they are supporting the basketball team the women's uh, gymnastics program as well as a number of others here soon go visit the gatorverse.io a very different way uh, to give back to student athletes uh, so again go visit them gatorverse.io stay tuned on a nil venture that we're going to do with them this off season up in gainesville but again the gatorverse or just gatorverse dot i o uh we want to take a look at the transfer portal uh the biggest name that we talked about was san diego state transfer offensive tackle joshua simmons uh, who mm-hmm. florida was very interested in getting on campus uh did not even make it until today uh to get him on the campus where he decides on saturday to go to ohio state to play uh, an unfortunate uh, situation because Florida obviously desperately needs help 
uh, on the offensive line, but the Gators do lose out on Joshua Simmons, a transfer from San Diego State. Would have been a good one. Uh, had several years to play. Started as a sophomore at San Diego State for like 13 games. Had some issues with penalties, but we got to act. We got to be a little bit. I know Nick can get in his bag. Nick got the people going a little bit with our approach. Uh, I, I want to see the entire uh, – I got some takes as well. And, and mm-hmm. I want to see the entire – how everything uh, closes out. The offensive line is a is a spot. Now, I'll just survey the land and see what our options are. But that was a big piece I thought we could have brought in to solidify some depth that we missed out on. I don't know if we're dragging our feet. We had a visit set up. Uh, so there, and I've heard that name. I think I threw Josh Simmons' name into the group chat when when Mazuka entered the portal. I threw that to you guys. Hey, this is a guy that they're out there as well. So watch out for this name. So I know they've been uh, actively working, uh, but he had his visit set up after Ohio State ends up committing there. Uh, I do think we need to get a little bit more aggressive against some offensive line depth. Yeah, just looking at just looking at how spring went, like guys dropping like mm-hmm. flies. Um, Austin Barber was dinged up all spring. Um, just mm-hmm. toughed it out and played through it. Uh, it's just a position where you're gonna get rolled up on. Running backs gonna get tackled or pushed into the into your into the back of your leg, and and, and hundreds of pounds are gonna fall on you uh, with a lot of force. Like you can get a, a sprained ankle, break a foot. You know something can happen that can uh, take you out quickly. And um, Florida needs depth. And and watching the spring game. Uh, Florida's defensive line, which I think is going to be good, looked like 2008 Alabama uh, because of snaps and, and things and you love to hear. Because Florida, because <laughs> because Florida's offensive line wasn't playing well. Uh, there was a there was a comma and to that. Dan. Oh, okay. A but to that. Um, I I think Florida's strategy of not wanting. I think it's a, a there's a couple folds to this. One, um. Dan's CEO, uh, owner, uh, head of the board, went wild last last spring. Like, right. went wild. And anyone that Florida was interested in, Life Wallet was throwing money at them. Um, Again, going back to the lack of focus of the leadership <laughs> of the fiduciary leader of my investment. Oh, yeah, with your money, man. It, I'm telling you what. There might <laughs> be some class action stuff happening. Here. Gotta be. I'm not man. saying I'm not putting that out there. You can't clip this and say I'm encouraging it. I'm just saying, you know, as a medical company, us investing <laughs> in Miami players hasn't seemed to turn out well for our bottom line revenue. Our. <laughs> our bottom line revenue as a shareholder our. Hmm. I kind of wish I would have bought some stock now. Opportunity still. Copper pennies. I'm not in a position to be frivolously playing with my money, man. <laughs> <laughs> with um, only 63 copper pennies. You too can be a shareholder. That's right. 63 copper pennies. What a great name it, for the show would, today. Yeah, that is a good name. But I don't think it would hit now. The troll. I should have got in when the troll. Mm. The troll was valuable when Dan bought in. Yeah, I buy in now. The troll don't. Hey, hey, listen, it wasn't a troll. Dan full heartedly believed in the company he was investing in. There's no way. Dan's a smart I guy. Bought it, I, bought it, <laughs> I bought into an idea, Silk. Yeah, yeah. I'm an idea guy like you. Sometimes this is the, you know, yeah, yeah. This is the American dream, Silk. This is Dan's <laughs> just trying to live the American dream, and and uh, it, it would seem that. Uh, Sheep's wool has been pulled over his eyes, and he used, wear, he used to wear fine, fine wools and linens. Uh, and, Nick, and now Nick. he's in Gildan. 
Yeah, we got this. Is, this is where we check like his uh, dedication to the company. Uh, Dan, show us the Life Wallet app on your phone right now. I uh, I don't I don't have it. I have a similar company, bro. I have a similar product on my phone. It's called Apple Health. It comes standard <laughs> on an iPhone. It does just come with the iPhone. You're right. Um, <laughs> back on track. Uh, this train has derailed quicker than uh, Life Wallet stock post <laughs> launching. Um, so back on track, I think Florida it, last year was unprecedented. I had writers from all over the place asking like, yo, what the hell is going on? I'm like, dude, this is the wild West. The NCAA is not policing anything. And Florida and Miami are just swinging around and, and Florida's losing out on battles because Miami's just going to pay more. Um, right. And good for those kids. Honestly, good for those great kids. For those kids. making money. Uh, great for you. I think, I think any student athlete should be able to make money. Um, Florida was losing those battles. So part of the reason why they didn't want their strategy, their plan out was because it did not work well last year. And you have no idea what mm -hmm. other schools are going to do. The other part of the reason is Florida didn't want to lose other guys on their roster. Right. Um, with That's the transfer true. portal, you can pick up and leave. Mm -hmm. if, if you don't like the way the things are going, you can pick up your ball. Hit which, the portal. Clo which closed <laughs> yesterday, by the way, right? It closed yesterday. So you yeah. cannot enter your name into the portal. If, if, if I, Nick Del Torre, uh, Florida punter, looked at the roster and said, ah, I'm just not getting past Jeremy Crawshaw. I only have one more year to play. And I walked my little, my little legs down to compliance today. They'd say, sorry, buddy. Uh, that's closed. Uh, enjoy carrying, out. enjoy carrying Jeremy Crawshaw's uh, boomerang to practice. Um, <laughs> and blooming on so, you. He has yeah. a boomerang for real. Uh, it's in Australia. I have a boomerang. Yeah, it's just an Australian thing. I think Nick would carry I have a boomerang, boomerang from Australia. The there. Yeah, it's just racist. Uh, um, so, so that's part. That's part <laughs> of it. Um, that that's part of it. And, and to me, ah, you have a six and seven roster. Maybe some of the guys need to walk. Um, so I don't think Florida, in my opinion, I don't think Florida was competing the way that they should have and not wanting to bring guys onto campus because uh, you didn't want to have guys on your roster start counting and being like, wait, wait, wait why are they bringing in two safeties? I play safety. Right. Um, maybe I need to get out of here. Trying to protect your roster by not having guys come on until April. Josh Simmons was able to go and visit Oklahoma go to visit Ohio state. And, and we don't know, maybe there's NIL numbers that Florida didn't agree with. Um, but Josh Simmons is a guy who, if not a starter would have been in a rotation and would have played for you this year. And, and your decision not to have guys on campus until may led you to lose someone. Now, listen, right. I, I don't run the program. I'm not betting my job on this strategy. Florida's coaching staff is betting their job on the strategies they're making with every day with day-to-day -day decisions because all these day-to-day -day decisions add up to wins and losses mm -hmm. and you have more losses than wins or not enough wins. Even if you have, I mean, Ron Zook got ran out of town and he won eight games a year. Um, they're betting this strategy. They're betting their jobs on it. So who am I to tell them that they're wrong? Uh, just a guy who writes essays on the internet, man. Well, yeah, they got to protect their roster. Um, just like the safety we just brought on. And, you know, there's just a lot of smoke about Kamari Wilson. If you go check Florida State of Miami message boards, they all think they're getting Kamari Wilson. And you see we brought our safety on. Uh, today it was announced that he's right. coming to visit. So you got to protect your roster because at that time, when, you, when you're when uh, – even with smoke and rumors and a lot of that stuff being out there, 
you're risking your players that you you're quite, that, that you're counting on to be in the two deep entering the same market because you don't know who tampering with them because they're being tampered. Your roster's being tampered with as well. So there is some strategy to this. It's, it's some chess that's going on. Uh, Josh Simmons set up his visits before. Uh, I mean, he's at Ohio State the last day the portal's open. So it looks like they had some strategy for it as well, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Ohio State's a hotter program. I can get why they beat us on the trail for certain things. I don't know the NIL numbers or any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't get to get them on campus, but I'm just in the middle ground with the strategy of it. Um, while that, that's a big need, uh, we also could have linemen. We had two offensive linemen that hit the portal that none of us expected, you know, uh, mm-hmm. especially with uh, Ethan White, who we all thought was a diehard Gator. I didn't foresee him entering the portal and leaving uh, what he had built here at University of Florida and changing his trajectory around as a recruit, you know, and, and losing weight and doing some things. And now he's not even on the roster at USC West. So it's just, it's all fragile right now. Mm-hmm. Um, now that made the portals closed, everybody can get aggressive, set up visits. Interested to see if we could find some more bodies outside of Josh Simmons who would have been in our too deep, like Nick said. So it is a blow to uh, our offseason acquisitions, but they got to be smart with it because if you get too aggressive in that portal, your own <clears> roster can say, yo, these guys don't value us. They don't think we're that good. I can take my talent down to UCF who's offering me the same amount of NIL bucks and I ain't got to compete with whoever they're going to bring in on, on this uh, this uh, transfer portal. Wait. <laughs> so it's, it's a little bit of, uh, you know, rhyme to reason with how you got to move and we're all seeing how it all plays out. Especially safety is a premium position right now. So safety, safety portal recruiting is about to get real crazy because there's a lot of teams that need a lot of safety help. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, um, go ahead. Um, and, and I think, I, I think if you can get RJ Moten to commit this week, um, yeah, let's, know, let's I, th- run. I think, I think Florida will push for him. He got to campus on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, flew down. Dad played at Florida. Um, oh. huh. yeah, so there's some legacy there, uh, but was born in New Jersey, played football there in New Jersey. Actually was a very, very good baseball player in high school as well. Um, then went to, uh, Michigan, uh, got passed up on, on the depth chart, and um, to me, I think he's kind of like what Florida has. I think he's a little bit in between linebacker safety, like big linebacker, mm-hmm. small safety. He's a guy who comes down, plays in the box, can thug. Vice versa. Um, big safety, but, small linebacker. Yes, sorry. Uh, flip that lightning, reverse it. Um, but I, I think he's kind of what Florida has in terms of talent, but a guy who has a ton of experience, and Florida mm-hmm. has – None of that in that room. Yeah. Um, and whether he comes in and is a starter, he's a guy who has is a veteran, has played in over 25 games, um, mm-hmm. had a handful of starts, more than a handful of starts. Um, and, and when you're looking at that room, I mean, I just did a two-deep depth chart. Uh, we can run through that at the end of the show if you guys want yeah. to. Um, the depth chart there is sophomore, sophomore starting, and then true freshman or yeah. Jadarius Perkins who – um, is not a safety, could be a safety, is a star, is a corner. Like, you just don't have depth and experience in that room. Uh, yeah. I know we've mentioned the name a few times. RJ Moten is who we're talking about. He played a little bit at, at cornerback, also played safety, is a bit of a tweener, six foot, 223 pounds, 
has Big players book. to play too. Uh, mm-hmm. Appeared in all 14 games last season, played defensive back in 13 of those games with 10 starts at safety. Uh, recorded 31 tackles, two and a half sacks, or tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, one interception, two pass breakups, and two quarterback hurries. 65 total tackles, 17 assisted tackles. Um, uh, out of that uh, that group, so he visits yesterday until today. Yesterday being Sunday until today, or through today and into tomorrow uh, as well. That is a guy that Florida is going to go after. Just looking at the on three uh, transfer portal, he is ranked as the third best uh, safety right now. Uh, Jalen Key from UAB uh, is in the uh, the transfer. Uh, portal as well. Rhode Island safety uh, Antonio Carter is in the transfer portal. Both look to uh, the on three prediction machine has them uh, both to Ole Miss right now. Don't know if that's going to be the case. Uh, Jackson Turner from Arizona and Trajan Williams from Oregon uh, rounded up the top five safeties that are available on the market right now. Anthony Wilson from Georgia State, mm-hmm. uh, Robert uh, Ramey from Liberty, and Anthony Rose from South Carolina, and Michael Doherty from LSU, and Jamarian Burt from Ocala, Florida, uh, transfer from Oklahoma, are the top 10 uh, right now at the safety position. I uh, do like my safety room right now, but we've all been on record saying we wanted some veteran help, uh, somebody with some experience. So uh, he, he would come in with some experience, but uh, I, I'm uh, very high on Miguel Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamari Wilson is a five-star coming in, so there's a lot of potential there. Uh, but I would like some, you know, solidify somebody with some reps back there. He's coming from the Big Ten, great experience out there. Uh, so, you know, our young boys, you know, we may have to not have to rely on, rely on them so heavily this year. Uh, and if he's not what, what we think he could be in the transfer portal, you know, we'll see what our young boys could do. Cause I think we got some guys there, but um, especially with Bryce Thornton as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Castell came in. Uh, I think very highly of these guys. I heard they've been doing some good things, uh, spring football and also off season already. So uh, I think so, this defense is going to be what we rely on this year, man. I feel very good. I'm bullish on the defense. Very high. Uh, I think it's going to be our stronger side of the ball. Uh, and I think it's going to be one of the best in the SEC. I'm going to go ahead and, and step out on that limb. Uh, I think my, my duo at cornerback is going to be very good. Uh, my linebacker down the middle, my defensive mm-hmm. tackles. You want to be good down the middle as a defense, or you're going to be just just rice pudding and getting pushed around the field. So we got solidified down the middle. Uh, and safety position would just be the final piece to that, man. We should have a good defense. Yep. Uh, speaking of defense, uh, Oregon transfer Anthony Jones uh, listed as 6'3", 235-pound linebacker, originally a three-star out of high school out of Las Vegas, uh, is also uh, going to be coming onto campus. Nick, has that been announced when? Is he on campus now? Uh, no. Uh, on okay. campus right now is only R.J. Moon. Okay, so R.J. What's Moon. What's his name? Anthony Jones? Yes, Anthony Jones from Oregon. He is a 19-year-old redshirt freshman, uh, so that means he did not play uh, last season. Was a uh, the 576th overall player in the class of 2022. Other names that Nick and uh, the Gators um, writing staff have put together is number one player overall in the transfer portals, Zachary Franklin. Uh, Wide receiver out of UT San Antonio was a first-team all-conference USA selection. 94 catches, 1,136 yards, 15 
touchdowns. Uh, his collegiate, uh, collegiate totals, pardon me, are 262 receptions for 3,348 yards and 37 touchdowns. Um, has not scheduled a visit yet, uh, but certainly with the loss of Xavier Henderson could be a huge get for the Florida Gators. Who that receiver? I'm sorry. Zachary Franklin from UTSA, ranked as the number one player in the transfer portal right now. He's visiting? Yeah. Not um, yet. Florida would oh. love that. Florida uh, would love that. Me Florida too. Would love that. <laughs> um, just again, listen, I get, I get where he played, um, but just a guy who produces. And, and we say it all the time on this show, you know, when we're talking about recruits, like you just got to perform the way – you need to against the people you're playing against. And he was at UTSA, um, but just an unbelievable career. He had 94 catches for 1,136 yards and 15 mm -hmm. touchdowns last year. Um, 262 receptions for 3,348 yards and 37 touchdowns in his career. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I thought and wrote and said on, on our show that Florida needed another outside receiver before Xavier Henderson uh, hit the portal, uh, that that need and want uh, is just ramped up now. Um, if you can get someone this proven, um, Florida Florida needs to do whatever they can to, to get him on campus. Six one one eighty, really good pass catcher. Yeah, Keon Coleman, another guy. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was, was going to talk about Xavier Henderson, but we can talk about that a little later. Um, just, I'll just run through wider series. We won't change topics. Uh, Keon Coleman uh, from Michigan State uh, also announced that he would be transferring. Uh, Keon Coleman has – he had – Pardon me, 58 catches, 798 yards, seven touchdowns, 13 point yard or 13.8 yards per catch uh, last season. Also played basketball at Michigan State, did not play last year, uh, but uh, obviously an athletic guy. On three has him ranked as the number three wide receiver. Jordan Hudson from TCU is ranked as the number two. Caleb Brown from Ohio State, a four-star guy uh, out of high school. He's a sophomore. Uh, he's in the portal. Lorenzo Styles from North Dakota. Cody Epps. From BYU, Gary Bryant Jr. from USC, uh, Xavier Henderson there, Milton Wright from Purdue, and then Caleb Burton from Ohio State round out the top 10 there. So go on about Xavier Henderson. Oh, no, just uh, we didn't speak about the loss of him. It happened at the last week's show. Uh, I've been very vocal about the wide receiver room. So have Nick uh, as far as an outside receiver. Uh, my take was just the young guys, man. I know we had a scrimmage right before the spring game where Xavier Henderson scored three touchdowns. Uh, I'm just of belief, man, with, with, with average quarterback play, which I think we're going to get. Uh, if we don't add a guy here, you're just going to need receivers that could separate, uh, not big body guys that are going to win jump up balls or, or or really good throws and be able to make catches. You need guys to be able to make uh, create some space. And that's going to take route running or either speed, explosiveness, and that's that's the young boys that we brought in. Uh, of course, Xavier Henderson had a, a leap on the playbook and just how to uh, how to operate as a uh, a veteran receiver in a college football format and 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 environment. And these young boys didn't have that type of uh, luxury. So I think one spring they got some spring ball in. Uh, they'll get some early camp. I don't expect them to be full fledged ready, but like by game two, three. When you're starting to get warmed up, I think these boys are going to be ready to play. Uh, Andy Jean uh, is going to be able to separate he, the way he set up his routes. Uh, Aiden Mazel is very fast and explosive. 
He drew two pass interference calls in the spring game. You can see the, the problems, and, and he's going to have some some defense coordinators stay up, stay up late at night during his career just because mm -hmm. of how fast he is. Uh, we just need that at receiver. University of Florida always had receivers that could separate. Uh, when the old ball coach called a play, he's a good play caller, but Redell Anthony was definitely blown by people. Absolutely. Um, another name that uh, will still come onto campus is Eugene Wilson out of Gaither High School uh, at wide receiver right. uh, as well to add to that to that list. Um, I want to take a quick pause on transfer portal talk. Did you guys see during the NFL draft, I mentioned, uh, meant to bring this up, uh, that they mentioned how complex Florida's offense was and that wasn't exactly uh, the easiest offense to, to learn or that it wasn't, uh, you know, as simple as it looked. Did you guys have any thoughts on that uh, before we pick up some more transfer portal talk? Just more what I, I've been saying and thinking. I mean, it's all. I'm not 100 percent happy with the, uh, the the. I would say the route combinations and and some of that we're setting up. We could get a little bit more complex, and I expect the offense to grow in year two. It would have been crazy to see what it would have been on the with AR that type of talent in the year two. Uh, him getting more command of the offense, but you're not selling, and that, that's been my point of even in the recruiting process. You're bringing in very smart guys that have very smart people around them when it pertains to quarterback. These guys are dealing with some of the top quarterback coaches in, in the world right now because, the, I mean, once you're out of America, you're not getting better quarterback coaches. You know what I'm saying? So you're dealing with the best coaches of, in the world with some of these young prospects that we're recruiting. For him to be able to land these dudes that are coming in with their parents and their quarterback coaches, and they're getting on the whiteboard. They're drawing out plays. They're going through X's and O's, development stuff, quarterback stuff, and they're, being, they're able to land elite kids. They're selling something. Like there's some offense that they're delivering they're talking about that that's that's registering to these young athletes and also to the, the, the minds that are around these young boys. They're not sending them to the University of Florida to blow their career away. Um, they like something they're seeing what Billy's delivering and teaching. So um, just get offense some time. I think it's a little bit more complex than what people think. It's too many nerves around for it to be simple. <laughs> too many nerves. I, I think it is. Um, like Dan Mullen's offense, despite the um, despite the motions and, and stuff like that, is very quarterback friendly. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of what teams saw with Anthony Richardson was, hey, the, there's a lot on the quarterback to read and diagnose at the line of scrimmage um, and, and get in and out of place. In so many weeks, we'd ask Montreal Johnson, hey, th this run that you had, this 60-yard run, or hey, this touchdown, he'd be like, oh, that was actually it was actually a pass play, and Anthony checked it at the line. Um there's a lot that goes on that that we don't know. That even someone like me, uh, who covers the team and gets paid to do that, um, as a writer, doesn't know. So that's I think um, just some of the stuff that maybe you you watch when you're watching, and I'm watching. I'm not I'm not trying to point fingers, but even when I'm watching, we don't know what the play call is, mm -hmm. what the options off of that were. Um, so it, it's good to hear that you know uh, for as much. <laughs> For as much crap as Billy's gotten um, for his play calling and, and game time decisions, um, that maybe there's more uh, underneath the surface, like an iceberg, Dan. Like an iceberg. Uh, let's see. Back to the transfer portal talk. Austin, or Alton McCaskill, pardon me, is another name uh, that has been mentioned to the University of Florida. 
Uh, Matt Zenitz said that Colorado could be a team to watch, but McCaskill was the 2021 uh, AAC Rookie of the Year. Coming from Houston as a junior, uh, ranked as the number one running back uh, in the transfer portal. Right now, if you look at the on three recruiting prediction machine, Florida is uh, listed as the team to beat right now. Uh, would be a little bit surprised. Seems like a, a position of luxury for the Gators. Obviously, if you can get a talented player, you know, Florida could lose a, a running back in Montreal Johnson, you know, to the draft next year. Uh, but certainly, you know, with the addition of, uh, you know, with the, with the uh, roster of, of Johnson, ETN, uh, Kim, Carroll, um, you know, if Florida needs another running back, I just, I don't know if I, if I see that, uh, right now, especially where Florida only has five, uh, spots open and might be a wait and see approach, uh, at the running back position, but any thoughts on him? I think, I think, I think somewhere else would probably be Colorado seems like a, a good landing spot. Uh, they've got. They got a lot of openings. They got got wide, wide open spaces. They had 83 scholarship athletes in the 2022 season. 13 of those scholarship athletes remain at the University of Colorado. Uh, Florida Gators uh, offensive line transfer David Connor announced that he would be going to Colorado. But uh, so go ahead. Yeah, I wouldn't mind making up for the Fletcher miss towards the end to Miami. We brought in one running back with Treyon Webb. This kid mm-hmm. is like a freshman, so he has three, four years to play, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wouldn't mind him coming in in the, in the portal, and that way we can keep our two running backs for the 23 class and not have to go 24 class and not have to go try to find a scat back in that and, and solidifies the room a little bit. So no, nah, I wouldn't McCaskill, be mad at it. McCaskill's a junior. How many years he has to play? I he I, would I have three years to play. He play. No, he would have two years to play one. Mm, yeah, I'm not mm, not really excited about that take. Then that's one we could if we get we get we miss right. we miss. But I don't really see the value in bringing him in one year. Yeah, he, I, I I wrote this though. I hey, I I didn't understand what you'd be selling to Cam Carroll. Um, Cam Carroll. Picks Florida only has a year to play. Um, I love Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne. I thought ah, that's that's a tough sell. Um, but if I'm going to be hard on Florida for their strategy, I'm not going to be hard on them. Hey, if you see a guy that can help you, and, and if you mm-hmm. think this guy can help you, he's one of the best players in the country at his position. Cool, swing. Take well, a shot. And- and you get the opportunity to have him sit, you know, maybe he plays a little bit this year or if he were to come, but then next year you would have, you know, Carroll gone, um, potentially Johnson gone, you know, Trey and Webb would be probably a redshirt freshman at that point in time. Uh, you know, he would have the opportunity to split carries with, uh, with ETN, uh, you know, maybe his senior year, don't know what he's looking for uh, out of a program, but uh, you know, with two years, you have a little bit of leeway there, uh, but that's also assuming that Montreal Johnson, which is again, no reason to believe that that he would or wouldn't at this point uh, would potentially go uh, to the NFL. Uh, quickly looking at offensive line because we know Florida needs help there. Cameron Johnson from Houston. Uh, Houston's had a lot of people enter the portal. Uh, Cameron Johnson is the number one ranked uh, tackle. Deshaun Woods from Wyoming. Uh, Caleb Johnson from Notre Dame. Lance Robinson also from Houston, uh, and then uh, Jaden Muskrat from Tulsa are the top five uh, tackles in the transfer portal. 
And then in interior offensive line, Troy Everett from Appalachian State, Ben Christman from Ohio State, Hunter Deo from Iowa State. He just looks like an offensive lineman there. Um, Rashad Strother from ECU, and then Vincent Lumia from Duquesne are the top five interior offensive linemen uh, in that group. So, what was the uh, running back we were talking about again, real quick? We were just <clears throat> we were just talking about a- a- Alton McCaskill. Yeah, in his uh, in his letter, we when he entered the transport, he said he had three years of eligibility left. Then maybe he sat out a year. I know he played. He was a a freshman. AAC freshman of the year or all freshman team. Um, so I could be a, a little bit off. So he's got three years. So again, you know, kind of still plays into the same um, circumstances, you know, maybe isn't a guy that's going to play a lot this year, uh, but could have an opportunity of uh, right, yeah. next year. So uh, Florida has, I believe, in, unless they lose a, a player to a graduate transfer this offseason, we'll have, I believe, five open scholarship spots right now. Nick, is that right? Um, or maybe a little bit more. Those numbers are fluid, baby. You got uh, two kickers on scholarship right now. And I don't know that you need two kickers on scholarship. Um, I think Florida right now, if I had to put a number, they'd be between like 78 and 80. Okay. So somewhere between, you know, five and seven that the Gators have, uh, the chance, uh, right now, the only one that is on campus or has scheduled a visit that we know of is the Safety linebacker tweener RJ Moten. Uh, Nick, you got the uh, internet up in a frenzy, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But before we do, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Go check them out, homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale. You get 15% off of your order. They do have those new vintage, almost starter looking jackets that will be released. They're eligible for pre order right now. They'll be uh, shipped in, I think, six or seven weeks. Uh, go check out homefieldapparel.com. Promo code statement, Gale, a lot of great Gator stuff on there and a lot of great stuff for colleges and universities all over the country, including one NFL team, that's the Indianapolis Colts. So go get yourself some vintage uh, Indianapolis Colts for uh, Anthony Richardson's career there. Uh, If anybody, I'm talking to you, Harrison Tenzer, the only Indianapolis Colts fan that I know personally. Uh, Nick, you got the internet up in a bit of a frenzy. Uh, with a tweet the other day that said some of the get- best players of the Gators roster are from the transfer portal. Montreal Johnson, Ricky Pearsall, Micah Mazuka, Cam Jackson, UF staff has shown that they can recruit the portal and they know its importance. Just don't understand the current strategy for this second window. Want to opine anymore? I know you kind of touched on it. Yeah. Um, I it, it's I, I'm not, I, I think some people if if they have their their opinion um, I put out um, that I didn't agree with the way Florida was handling this transfer portal window um, I thought and still think there are glaring holes on the roster that need to be filled um, I don't think that there's a ton of premium premium talent in the available in the transfer portal uh, and everyone in the transfer portal is going to have some kind of wart or warts um there's not a perfect player like caleb williams is not in the transfer portal um but i think the way that florida was handling it to me looked like they were scared and i kind of touched on that before they were scared of competing with other people that okay well now they know that florida's in on it and um 
does the CEO of a uh, NASDAQ traded company start throwing around Dan's money for, for now, <laughs> NASDAQ trading around Dan's right investment now. at NAL, at NAL dollars. Um, and they were afraid, scared that guys on their roster were going to leave. And to me, it's, it's, I, I, I get it. I get the reasons why people inside the building have told me they're operating the way they're operating. I just don't agree with it. And, and like I said, or it's not my job on the line. So that's that's fine. If that's the way you're operating and it works out, if you want to be like Lil Wayne and, and real G's move in silence like lasagna, cool. But that lasagna better be fire when it hits the plate. And, and I don't know that it's going to be. I, I want to ask an open-ended question here. We've seen Florida maybe not handle this transfer portal super well. Um, you take out some of those Louisiana transfers, your Johnsons, your Torrance, uh, your Cam Waits. You know, Florida hasn't won a ton uh, on the transfer portal. Certainly Cam Jackson, Ricky Pierce are names uh, that you can look at and say that there's been some success there. Uh, but you mix in this transfer portal with um, the orange and blue debut being on Thursdays. Do you guys think that Florida's playing – maybe a little scared or a little afraid of competition. Maybe it's we don't want to announce who's gotten offers or who's going to be visiting in fear of somebody transferring or somebody being looked at by a different school. Are we having the orange and blue debut on Thursday? So we're not competing against a, you know, a Georgia or an Alabama or, you know, even a Florida state or Miami for those visits. What do you guys think about that? It's all strategy. You gotta, you gotta be aware of, of just life business wherever you are you got to be aware of who you are on on the chessboard you know and you're playing the, the entire board and not the pieces so um i'm not entirely mad at any of the offer i don't know what they, they're, they're working with they got to know the landscape of how their mm -hmm. recruits getting their roster getting uh recruited they got to know some temperance going on and also the nil world uh you got to know be aware of where you at with negotiating that type of stuff and if things go public do you have like our best route is probably keeping things quiet. Like us as fans, we get caught up in our ego and want like, Hey man, just make these offers public. I don't know how much that affects like yeah. the offers going public, how much that affects these kids decisions. They're not 18 or 17. These are grown men that have been through the, the process a little bit. So um, I don't know, bro. It's just like, to me, I'm just watching it all play out. Everything's fairly new. Um, I don't know if the offer is going public. I, I I know for sure they're not waiting on these kids to enter the portal before they talk. And allegedly, well, apparently, yeah, apparently. Uh, like I said, I threw the name John Simmons into the chat uh, a couple months ago when Matt Mazuka entered the or, or threatened to enter the portal. I mentioned him in our group chat, so they're they're scouting the the and surveying the land for sure. Um, but how their public offers go out, how they setting up visits, it's all strategy, and you got to play a little chess, man. Uh, a couple other names that uh, were of interest to the Florida Gators fan base. Uh, one of them was quarterback transfer Colin Thompson from Nebraska. Um, lost his opportunity. I know that he was injured, lost his uh, opportunity to uh, Jeff Sims uh, under new uh, head coach Matt Rule, who is uh, leading Nebraska right now. Uh, Brady Allen from Purdue, Peyton Thorne from Michigan State, uh, Ben Bryant from Cincinnati um, are, are names that were somewhat connected or of interest to the Gator fan base. Um, any of those names excite you? No. Yeah. Nick is on a, a, a 
audio platform for those listening on podcasts uh, <laughs> no. and just shook his head. So okay. we're, we're, we're live on YouTube. You should we follow. Are. You should follow Stadium Miguel on YouTube. It's a great if Monday morning watching, activity. Hit like, hit subscribe, hit that little notification bell. We go live every Monday. Visuals um, slap different. If you're on audio platform, definitely. Even if you're on audio platform, you don't have YouTube. Go make a YouTube account and show your favorite podcast some love and subscribe. How about that? How much is it Here. Hmm? How much does it cost to subscribe to the YouTube channel? Oh, it don't cost nothing to show love. Unless oh, you're a okay. hater. If you're a hater, it just costs, you know, some of your, you know, some, some anger and, and upsetting your day <laughs> to show some love. But for us normal people, it don't cost nothing to show love. Love is free, baby. Hit the subscribe. YouTube YouTube don't charge you. Zero dollars. So none of those names excite uh, any of you guys. Uh, Brady Allen, Peyton Thorne, Casey Thompson, Ben Bryant. No, uh, they sound like murder merch, you know? Yep. Yeah. Shout out to even Buckner. Uh, I know uh, Buckner entered the, the quarterback from Notre Dame. Uh, he yep. entered the transfer portal and immediately uh, heads over to Bama and Reese, the offensive coordinator that's over there right now. Uh, looking at his numbers, I'm like, bro, this is this is Murder Mertz numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's just not 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 the big names or that we would hope for to enter the transfer portal uh, at this point. I mean, if you got a graduate assistant that comes on, come on over the summer, then that's an option. But right now, I'm cool with everything that's in the portal. Just vibe out. Casey Thompson's not going to do it for me. I had a friend um, uh, when we were talking about Casey um, say Florida has a bunch of guys in that room that are going to go pro in something other than sports. Why do you need to add another one? And I was like, mm. okay, all right. So maybe maybe hold off on writing that story. All right. Let's see. I think that that gets us through transfer portal talk. Obviously, you're going to see a lot of names pop up over the next few weeks, um, but that's kind of where we sit right now. The transfer portal entering window is closed. Uh, The opportunity for these players to come and transfer to any school is now open. uh, And then certainly uh, there will be players that enter the transfer portal that may not find homes either. So uh, let's get into the last part of our show here. And before we do that, let's give our friends over at Alumni Hall a quick shout out. If you are in Gainesville, Florida, go visit them on Archer Road or online at alumnihall.com. Go check them out. All of the latest and greatest in all Florida Gators uh, clothing, hats, uh, beach chairs, uh, golf club head covers, whatever you might need. Go check out Alumni Hall. Probably one of the widest selections of all Florida Gator apparel that you will find and accessories. Accessories. Go visit them, alumnihall.com, or go visit them on Archer Road. Tell them Stadium and Gale sent you. Here are a couple of the visits that the Gators are expected to make this week on the recruiting trail. Uh, five-star wide receiver Jeremiah Smith, uh, who's committed to Ohio State. We've talked about him quite a bit. Uh, Josiah Trader from Shamanah Madonna, also a five-star wide receiver. Four-star running back Jared Gibson. Four-star wide receiver Jeray Hawkins from IMG Academy. Uh, Stacy Gage from St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, four-star wide receiver Chance Robinson. Four-star uh, running back Jordan Lyle, who just committed to Ohio State. Big whiff by Miami and Florida State. Uh, three-star defensive lineman Jaden Jackson from IMG. Four-star offensive lineman uh, Jason Zandamala. Uh, four-star uh, offensive line Eddie Pierre-Louis, who is, I believe, brothers with uh, Richard Garage. Uh, three-star interior offensive lineman Joseph Ayanata. 
Uh, Ty Hilton, the three-star offensive tackle, uh, four-star Jaden Daniel or Jonathan Daniels, pardon me, uh, tackle uh, Perry Robinson, four-star wide receivers committed to Alabama, and the list goes on and on. Expect a ton of visits. Um, but any uh, recruiting news that you guys want to discuss? No, no, no. That's it, man. Uh, it's still evaluation season uh, yep. right now. Uh, they should be winding down. I got like late May, June. To me, that's official visit commit season uh, for most colleges. Uh, so that's that's what we eyeing right now. We should it start should start getting popping late May, June, July should be the months where we start solidifying the class. All right, and then finally, as we get to the end of the show, uh, on three. Um, New writer for uh, Gators portion of On3 has been around the Florida Gators program for a long, long time. Keith Niebuhr, who's been with On3 for probably, what, a week and a half, two weeks now, uh, announced that the Gators might be looking to add women's beach volleyball uh, of interest to probably many of our listeners. Uh, Florida obviously has had a ton of success uh, in uh, full court uh uh, volleyball, but uh, certainly adding beach volleyball. I know Florida State has had a, a pretty decent program and uh, I know it would be a very welcome addition to the Florida Gators athletic uh, portfolio. Mm-hmm. Might have to do a stadium and gale event there. Who knows? Oh, yeah. With it. We'll wait for more details. Um, in basketball transfer news, the Gators have obviously dominated the portal there. Uh, but Todd uh, getting busy, man. Shout out to Todd Golden, man. Shout out to Todd Golden. I believe Portal, the Gators. Portal God Todd. Portal yeah. God Todd. Uh, the Todd Gators better right win now. this year, though. You, better, you got Todd, you're running out of time, baby. I know you came on stage, Miguel, but you got to get to the W's this, this next season, for sure, for sure. No excuses. <laughs> um, Tyler Perry, uh, spelled differently uh, than proclaimed actor and Great director. movies. Yeah, Tyler, T-Y-L-O-R, Perry, uh, has announced his decision date will be tomorrow, May 2nd. Uh, He lists his finalists as Florida, Ole Miss, Kansas State, and Texas Tech. Um, He is ranked as the number 48 overall transfer in the country and was the NIT most outstanding player. So uh, wait for him to... Uh, announced, but that will be tomorrow. I know that Florida feels confident, uh, but uh, obviously uh, his decision will be announced then. Uh, in other news, uh, Florida Victorious is doing a $2 million match challenge for the month of May, and that starts today. So again, we had uh, Nate Barbera on, I believe, two weeks ago to talk about Florida Victorious and what they're looking to do. Uh, but again, they are doing a $2 million match challenge in the month of May. So go check them out. Uh, and then finally, if you are in Sarasota on Wednesday uh, at the Billy Napier speaking event, I will be there uh, bringing along my good buddy, uh, Paul Salmons to join me as well. But if you are there, make sure you come say hello. But if you are also looking for something to do and you live in the greater Tampa Bay area, that is the only place that Billy Napier is going to be speaking this offseason here in the general area. So, Crawfish Boil Paul. What it do, baby? What up, what up, Paul? What it do, my guy? Uh, and if, you, if you're a Patreon member to Stadium Miguel, uh, Dan's going to take you on an old-fashioned Tampa bender. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, that can be a nice little perk. Uh, but again, as we end our show, if you are watching on YouTube, please hit the like button. 
please comment, please subscribe, do all of that stuff. It really helps the algorithms, helps us grow, helps us bring you more content. If you are listening on the old fashioned audio medium, we really still do appreciate uh, you doing that each and every week. It's great as we've increased the amount of stuff that we've put out on YouTube, the number of subscribers and listeners that we have on the podcast apps is still staying very high. So we appreciate you guys listening to us at least once, if not twice or three times. So keep doing that. Nick, you have the song of the week. Silk, any final thoughts before we get out of here today? No, I'm good, man. My final thoughts are to, to Nick while he's choosing his song. Nick said that Vince Staple doesn't curse a lot, and then I heard the song. I was, when he said it, I was like, whoa, I, I don't know. If the wrong person? Guy. Yeah, yeah. And then I played the show back, and I got to the song. I was like, hmm. Probably a little bit starting, too much cursing. Uh, yeah, no. it's starting to get into some Ahmad territory. Yeah, man. It was more... Yeah. It was, it was more vile than I than I originally uh, anticipated. <laughs> we have not gotten we have not gotten the email that we lost a listener like we did one time with the mods uh, <laughs> yeah. song. Uh, I hope he has come back, given us another chance. We uh, we try to plead with him, but uh, I'm but Nick, shot five people in the intro. <laughs> uh, Nick, what's uh, what song of the week today, my friend? We're gonna go back to Morgan Wallen. Um, hope. Uh, hope his voice is back. Uh, my guy, our guy Morgan Wallen, Silk, me, me and you, me and you's guy, uh, is doing a stadium tour right now. Uh, they added a second date at uh, in Oxford, Ole Miss. Uh, Morgan Wallen, uh, minutes before his second performance, um, uh, notified people that he had lost his voice. Um, and as as he was leaving, some security guards were then videoed explaining to people that Morgan Wallen was just too drunk to perform. So uh, it one, one or the other. Uh, Oxford yeah. got the best of him. Uh, shout out to Ole Miss. Uh, but we're going to go with Morgan Wallen. I wrote the book from his new album, which has 36 songs on it. Oh, thank you, Chris Brown. Lots of mid. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Lots of mid. That take probably won't land super well. Um, Lots of mid. mid. Um, DK, I went with uh, I went with Hardy last time. I had three weeks. You did last time I had a song. If you guys are wondering, if you made it this far, and you're wondering that song that played. Uh, after we discussed mm. in length about it, was the, was the wrong song. So go check that out. Uh, super super producer, producer Cam. Cam, come on. He missed out on this one, but that's okay. Uh, we'll make sure that we get uh, this Morgan Wallen, I wrote the book song, played for you. Uh, but yeah, if you are listening to Morgan Wallen's new album, it did chart really well. At one point, all 36 songs were in the top Billboard 100. Uh, as a reminder, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're good songs. Um Probably about six. <laughs> I give I give the song uh, total probably six great songs, probably five good songs, a couple mediocre songs. Could have been a really good fifteen song album. Right, you got, um, you got gluttonous man. You got a little yeah. greedy. Yeah. Sometimes you know I, I think he was trying to match Zach Bryan. Um, Zach Bryan is him and Morgan Wallen are probably the two biggest names in country music right now. Or at least their their fans are fighting over who's the biggest. Uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of the, the up and comers, right? Luke Combs has been around for, for a while now. Uh, he right. produces some great content, but, um, Zach Bryan put out a, I think a 34, 35 song album and then kept putting out music. I think Morgan was like, I've got to do that. Um, in my opinion did not, but, uh, yeah, it was me. Okay. Yeah. I hear this song now. Hardy is better than Morgan Wallen. Yeah. 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 Um, I like Hardy a lot. Um, so let's get out of here again. Please like, please subscribe. Uh, we will continue to put out content. Other than that, we will see you guys at the same corner, same time next week. I'll actually be in Denver, Colorado next week. So looking forward yes, to uh, connect you with some people. To, to, man. Please do.
please do. Uh, gentlemen, we will see you guys soon. And DK, enjoy that uh, Zach Bryan concert in Jacksonville. Uh, hey, probably Cam. the greatest thing going on in Jacksonville this Cam, year. Cam, <laughs> if you mess up my song, if you mess up my song this week, just make it a, another sea shanty instead of something else. <laughs> okay. See you guys at the same corner, same time next week. Alrighty. Hitching the boat up, backing down the ramp in my old truck to find a bunch of laws to catch a bunch of hogs. Yeah, I wrote the book. Yeah, I wrote the book. If you wanna learn to throw a curve right, catch a clean up, looking on a third strike. Talk a little smack while he's walking back. Yeah, I wrote the book. But there's one that led by the lamp on the nightstand. Different man, but damn if I don't do it every Friday night.